Welcome to Upvoted No Sleep, where OP Lighting Nations writes. Looking at Stephen's house from the outside, you never would have pegged him for a hoarder. Oh sure, the garden had an occasional bald spot, plus there was a rusty tricycle laying on its side. I'd seen worse. Way worse. It wasn't until he pulled open the door that I get a literal taste of what lay in store. A thick, pungent scent wafted across the porch. Picture rotten eggs mixed with a clogged toilet at a Mexican restaurant. That spicy warmth really made my eyes well up. I'm Stephen, said the man. He was a huge, out-of-shape guy in his fifties, dressed in a gray sweatshirt covered with BBQ sauce. Courtney, I replied, after stifling a wretch. The cleaning service sent me? Nice to meet you, Courtney. He repeated the name several times. You know, you don't look like a Courtney. I'd say you're more of an Annie. Okay. I got straight to work, starting with a downstairs lounge where the carpet lay buried beneath ankle-deep fast food wrappers with rotted leftovers still inside. I battled my way across that mound of filth, blasting furious swarms of flies with disinfectant along the way. Come sundown, that was the only room even remotely close to clean. This is going to be a bigger job than I thought, I told Stephen. We're talking weeks. That's okay, I can pay. On day two, I tackled the kitchen. The sticky floor gripped the soles of my shoes and held on tight, to the point each step became a tug of war. As I washed and dried a tower of used dishes, Stephen hovered nearby, periodically making unusual remarks about my clothes and makeup. I think a darker shade of rouge would make your cheekbones pop. You've really got more of a summer complexion. Have you tried wearing more yellows? After stripping an initial layer of garbage away from the ground floor, I discovered a rather retro house hidden underneath. Most of the furniture was from the 70s. Linoleum flooring, old-fashioned record players, floral sofas. Kids' toys lay scattered around here and there, as well as a children's chef hat, which struck me as odd since Stephen lived alone. Still, not the weirdest thing you'd stumble across in this line of work. Toward the end of that first week, as I made my way out the front door, he said, Here's an idea. What if I cancel the service and pay you directly? The agency takes most of the cash for doing nothing, right? That had never happened before, and my boss would hit the roof if he found out. But I needed the money real bad. Stephen waved a wad of 20-pound notes in front of my face, enticingly. Sounds good, I said. And so I went back day after day, gradually penetrating deeper and deeper into Stephen's lair. There were moments when the temptation to quit was great, like when I uncovered a section of wall he'd wiped boogers all over. That mound of dried snot had enough texture that a skilled rock climber could have scaled it. Empty pill bottles lay scattered around here and there, under couch cushions, 
inside cabinets. Toward the end of each shift, Stephen thanked me for doing a wonderful job and stuffed a generous tip into my palm. My hands looked like a child's, clasped within his lunchbox-sized mitts. Every time he held on just a little too long, making a moist sickness slide up my throat. But soon, my crappy, only-works-half-the-time Ford Fiesta had been replaced by a snazzy Toyota Aris. The generous bonuses made dealing with the creep much easier. In an upstairs bedroom, I excavated a bedroom decorated with He-Man posters and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles bedsheets. I didn't ask whose they belonged to. Things got really weird in week two after I tossed away junk piled into a storage closet and came across an old photo album. Was nosing through it a gross invasion of my client's privacy? Most definitely. But I'm a nosy person. Most of the photos depicted a girl who looked like a younger me. I flicked past pictures of family gatherings and holidays at Disneyland, toward ones of her as a young lady. Dye my hair blonde and we'd make a perfect set. That striking resemblance couldn't have been a coincidence. In several photos, she was with her father, a man who had to be a younger Stephen. Is that why he said I looked more like an Annie? Had he hired me because I reminded him of his daughter? Maybe she died, causing him to enter a downward spiral of depression, which resulted in the absolute pigsty of a house. That certainly explained the kid's room. Poor guy probably decorated it with her old possessions to keep her memory alive. I called my former boss keeping the door shut so Stephen wouldn't overhear, and demanded an explanation. That guy asked for you by name. Wouldn't take anybody else, he said casually. How'd he even know who I was? My boss didn't know or care. He didn't want to lose any business by refusing a request. Never mind the fact that one of his employees might have gotten murdered by some psycho. That's a risk he was willing to take. Stephen needed a therapist, not a maid who looked like his deceased daughter's doppelganger. I made an excuse to take off early, but as I climbed into my car, he caught up and handed over a very generous bonus. Same time tomorrow? he asked, earnestly. On one hand, it felt sleazy and underhanded to take his money, but then again, nobody was getting hurt right? Sure, I said immediately. Throughout the next few sessions, Stephen got a little too friendly. Even sniffed my neck at one point. What's that perfume? Jasmine? Lily and Violet, I replied. Goosebumps rose along my arms. He pushed out his tongue. Ugh, you should try orange blossom instead. It suit you better. By now, the job was almost done. For the sake of decency, I won't go into detail about the bathroom. But let's just say the porcelain fixtures weren't white to start with. On my way out the front door, Stephen sighed and said, I just wanted to say thanks. These past few years, they've been rough. You really turned this place around. 
and there's going to be an extra special bonus in it for you. Something about the way he spoke tugged my heartstrings. The poor guy really missed his daughter. My final challenge was the master bedroom, where the trash was piled so high my head brushed the ceiling navigating over the top. Most of that crap went into the bin, and soon only a few discarded items lay about. After lifting a busted ironing board off the wall, I discovered a framed photo of a mother and son mounted along the wall. It was my doppelganger again, much older now, with her arm wrapped around an oddly familiar, overweight child. I leaned closer. The kid looked like Stephen. Wait, that meant the lady from the photos wasn't his daughter. As a clammy breath engulfed the back of my neck, my guts cringed. Something turned over in my stomach. There, reflected in the frame, directly behind my left shoulder, was Stephen. Before I could react, his hand clamped around the back of my skull and jammed my face into the picture frame, shattering it. Then he grabbed my shoulder and twisted it painfully until there was a loud pop. I screamed. Blood leaked out of my forehead, stinging my eyes. Stephen threw me onto the ground and held a damp rag, one that smelled like the bleach I used to clean tiled surfaces, against my mouth and nose. Black swirls danced in front of my eyes, and even through the haze I knew nobody heard me scream, because the closest neighbor lived at the very bottom of the lane. Blurry hands moved over me, wrestling my arms into sleeves, shimmying a skirt all the way up to my waist. When I came back around, now in the downstairs lounge, Stephen bent forward, kissed my forehead, and said, Welcome home, Mommy. My vision was still swimming, but settled enough to make out a pair of Super Mario pajamas, three sizes too small for their occupant. I blinked several times. Stephen's exposed hairy navel poked out above the waistband, and sleeves strangled his forearms and ankles. On a nearby table sat a photo of him and his mother building a sandcastle down by the beach. Once the room stopped dancing the foxtrot, I looked down. My captor had dressed me in old-fashioned, bright, homey clothes. The kind women wore in those old-fashioned nuclear family ads. And had he doused me with orange blossom perfume? I absolutely reeked of the stuff. My hands were tied behind my back, and my left shoulder was on fire. Where had he hidden my phone? Stephen gave my cheek a big, long, wet kiss. I'm so glad you're home, Mommy. I was lonely without you. Why did he keep calling me Mommy? Stephen, please. No, Mommy. You always called me Stevie. Remember? He smiled, but there was something in his expression I didn't like. A sort of malice. His voice sounded odd, too threatening. I swallowed a gulp and said, Stevie. His expression softened at that. Stevie, my shoulder really, really hurts. Can you please call for an ambulance? Silly mommy, you can't go to the hospital. We haven't had dinner yet. 
And that was an upvoted no-sleep story by OP Lighting Nations. And be sure to check out their subreddit too at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash thought industry. Now, our story today isn't over. Come back tomorrow to hear the rest. Sweet dreams.